So what begins in Genesis with the creation and then what we call the fall in the church when Adam and Eve turn away from the Lord, God makes a plan to redeem working through Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, God says to Abraham, I'm going to make a promise to you and you're going to have more descendants than there are stars in the sky and through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And over many centuries it comes to its fulfillment in the birth of that small baby in Bethlehem, Jesus of Nazareth. It says in, uh, in the scriptures, well, why did, why did God choose uh, the Jews? They weren't the mightiest people. They weren't the greatest people. But as the Apostle Paul reminds us, God delights in using the weak things of the world to shame the strong and the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Nobody could have predicted that God would be working through the salvation of all of us through his promise to Abraham, through the bondage of the Israelites in Egypt, through the wandering of the desert, through the kingdoms of David and Solomon, through the exile, which we hear, heard about in the prophet Micah, all the way down to the census at Bethlehem and that small little baby born there. How is God perhaps working then in your circumstances? How might God be wanting in 2013 to redeem the circumstances of your life? If the Lord can bring about salvation through the story of the scriptures, imagine what he can do in your life. This last week, the church has been closed, and so we printed our Lessons and Carols bulletin like three weeks ago, which is a good thing, except when you want to make some changes. And so I'm going to go ahead and call an audible right now. I'd like to receive the offering now rather than after the next song. Just a word about our offering. Uh, on Christmas Eve, if you were here, you know that we said not a dime of our offering was going to go towards this church. It was all given away. And because our business office was closed this week, I don't have a final total, but I know that evening we had over uh, $5,000 in cash alone that was received on Christmas Eve, which is just awesome, particularly because normally we receive a lot more in checks than we do in cash. So thank you for your generosity. It's exciting to think we'll be able to su support uh, the Agape Medical Clinic, free medical care down the street at, uh, by Baylor Hospital, as well as local Habitat for Humanity. As the offering is coming up, I want to teach you a song. Again, this is also a change. This is a Welsh lullaby called Suo Gan. And it, one of the great things I think about Christmas is the mix of the peaceful, the idea of the, the baby Jesus in the manger, with the hateful, the, the work of terrorism, the soldiers and the troubles of the world. But Jesus says when he's grown up to his disciples, he says, in this world you will have lots of trouble, but have no fear, I have overcome the world. And so we sing songs of peace about Christmas because we believe that though the world may war, the battle has already been won and that through Christ, true peace comes. So listen to this song. I have a wedding tomorrow evening on New Year's Eve and one of the things I always say in my wedding sermon that one of the virtues of a wedding sermon is that it's supposed to be very brief. It's hardly a sermon at all. And the same for a sermon on a Sunday of Lessons and Carols. I don't have a full sermon plan, just a few thoughts about the year. Two questions for you. What do you need to leave behind in 2012 and where do you need to go? What do you need to leave behind and where do you need to go? Those are my questions for you today. I think appropriate questions on the 30th day of the last month of the year. In the scripture that Katie just read for us, the magi, the wise men, come to visit this little boy in Bethlehem. They bring precious gifts. But if you know the story, you know that first they go to King Herod, 
thinking that he would know where the real king of the Jews is. And then only then are they able to find the true king, the Christ child. Well, King Herod, being a wicked and evil man, had planned to find out where, from the Magi where the small boy was and then to have him killed. Herod didn't want any threats to his throne. And so he waits for the Magi to return to him to say, this is where the baby is born, in Bethlehem, and then Herod was going to go and kill him. But Matthew tells us, being warned in a dream, the Magi go home through another way. They don't go back through Jerusalem. They don't ever see Herod again. So just one simple question is, where, where in 2012 do you need to, and what in 2012 do you need to leave behind? See, the point of the scriptures is that once you encounter Christ, your life should change and your direction ought to be different. And I realize today we have people who are all over the place in their faith walks and and people who are in church every Sunday and been devout and faithful folks for as long as they can remember, and others of you that are just here exploring. But either way, all of us in some sense have encountered Christ if by no other way than by being here today. So the question is, like the Magi, what do you need to leave behind? What's a way that you shouldn't be going in 2013? The Magi don't return to see Herod. What do you need not to return to visit? In 2012, maybe there's some bitterness or anger. Maybe you've been hurt or wronged. And so maybe what you need to leave behind in 2012 is a a desire for vengeance or bitterness or anger. Those things are just going to kill you. Maybe you need to be praying in the next couple of days, Lord, give me forgiveness. I can't do it on my own. Help me leave that behind. Maybe you need to leave behind uh, some destructive habits. Not things that are illegal or things that we would call addictive in the chemical sense, but maybe just some certain habits. How you spend your time, what you watch on TV, what you fill your mind with, what you put into your body, what kind of sleep you get. I don't know, but I know that Jesus says, I've come to, to bring abundant life. And often our habits end up tearing us down rather than giving us the abundant life that he came to offer. What sort of habits or practices do you need to leave behind in 2012? And of course, for those of us who do struggle with addictions of other sorts, maybe 2013 is the year when you first show up to the meeting or go back to the meeting or are frank with your family about the the addictions that you're carrying. Maybe 2012 is the year in which you're going to leave those things behind and begin to walk and get help and treatment. So the first question is, what do you need to leave behind in 2012, the way the Magi left Herod behind and went home by another route? But it doesn't just end there. The second question is, what do you need to go towards in 2013? First, you need to leave something behind, but then secondly, I think you need to go towards something else. This last week in my house has been about the island of Sodor. Anybody know what that is? If you have small kids, you do. The island of Sodor is where Thomas the Tank Engine lives with his friends. And we have an island of Sodor set up in our playroom this past week. And my little son likes to take as many trains as possible and carry them in his hands. To the extent that he can't carry anything else. And then he likes you to take as many of his trains as possible and also carry them. So he'll say, Daddy, here's some trains. And he'll load me up like this. And he'll load himself up and we'll walk to the steps and he'll say... Now pick me up and carry me upstairs. And of course I say, 
Jack, I can't. My hands are full. I can't pick you up. But sometimes when he really wants to be carried and really wants to go upstairs, he'll say, okay, you can leave the trains down and we'll drop the trains. Then I'll pick him up and walk him upstairs. The first step often is to leave something behind or drop something that you're carrying. But often the only reason why that's worth it is when there's something better that you're going towards. What are you going to walk towards in 2013? Maybe, maybe for us, and maybe the reason often New Year's resolutions don't work is because we're more about saying no to something than saying yes to something else. There's a Scottish Presbyterian minister, he says, there is an expulsive power to a greater affection. The expulsive power of a greater affection. In other words, when you really want something else badly, you'll drop what you're carrying, push aside what else you had, to be ready for that new thing. Maybe one of the things we can be praying about is, Lord, give us a greater affection that's bigger and stronger and pulls us more closely in than the things we're currently carrying, than the way we're currently going. The Magi wanted so badly to visit the one who had been born the Savior of the world that they didn't care what else was in their way. They were going to go towards it, regardless of how long it took, to whom they had to speak, etc. So my prayer for us is to be asking the Lord to give us the strength to turn away from the things behind in 2012 and to give us something to walk towards in 2013. Sobriety, reconciliation, generosity, peace, love, whatever those things are, they come from God. And our prayer is, Lord, give us a greater affection to walk towards in 2013. I'd like to lead us in a time of prayer about this. And there's bulletins and little pens and stuff along your pews. Some of us are people who like to write things down. I might encourage you to write something down, write a word. I'm leaving this word behind. Or write a word, I'm going toward this word. Or maybe both. And you might be able to carry it with you or pray about it in the next couple of days. So do whatever you need so God can use this and give you what you need. Let's pray. Lord, we've just heard the story of the scriptures. You're good and you created the creation good. In fact, you called it very good when you created us. But the story is that we turned away and we have constantly, for the sad history of the human race, said no to you and said yes to the things that ultimately, without you, lead to our death and destruction. And Lord, that's the story of, of many of us in 2012. Lord, in 2012, many of us said no to you and yes to the things that the thief offers that steal and kill and destroy. So first, Lord, we pray that you would give us the courage to walk away from those things, say no to the things that destroy us, and turn towards you. So for those of us, Lord, who need to go home by another route, we pray now, Lord. But Lord, we don't want to be people who are just against things and say no to things. We want to be people who say yes. Yes to you. Yes to your offerings of new life in Christ. Yes to the ability that you have to redeem all parts of our lives. And so, Lord, we also pray that you don't just give us the power to say no and to, to things in 2012 we're going to leave. But, Lord, give us a vision for the future that we have in you. Give us a taste of what it means to have abundant life in you, to be overflowing with the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. Lord, I pray that you'd give us all faith, hope, and love in the new year. 
And just as the star went before the Magi, Lord, we pray that the vision that you have for us would go before us in 2012. That it would be the great affection, our magnificent obsession that would pull us towards you. Casting aside what tears us down and hinders us so that we could run the race set before us. Lord, I pray for the people gathered here today, Lord, that 2013 would be the greatest year of their lives. They'd experience a deeper sense of who you are and your love for the world. We pray this in the name above all names, the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.